Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Let's talk some football with a man who uh, is a regular contributor to uh, footballing coverage in this country. Does a fine darn, uh, darn job at it. Although we've missed his dulcet tones over the last couple of months. He's been on the road. Our former all-white football commentator, Mr. David Choate, joins the show. Chody, how are you, mate? Daniel, back from uh, the UK. Plenty of football over there. Wall to wall it was. So uh, didn't lose uh, contact with the game, but uh, certainly on returning to find the Phoenix top of the league, that's a bit um, unexpected if you'd uh, listen to the pundits pre-season. We'll get on to that. Typical deflection from Chota. Help me out, uh, Louis Huma. He's granddad now. Granddad. <laughs> Chody, well done, Chody. Congratulations. Too young to be a, too young to be a granddad, and I, uh, Daniel. Uh, it's uh, it comes to all of us, I suppose. It just shows the age, and uh, you got a young man over there. Went and saw Wraith, R A F E. That's a new one on me. I didn't even know it was a name, but anyway, that's what we've got. We've got a, a grandchild living in the east of London. He's a Cockney. He'll have to support West Ham. How bad is that? <laughs> oh, Dave Choate, embra- Dave Choate embracing his own grandfather, who used to call him. What did What did your grandfather call you uh, at a young age, Dave? Shut up, Dave. <laughs> That's what I thought my Brilliant name stuff. was for the first sort of ten years of my life. I thought I was called Shut Up. <laughs> Shut up, Dave. Could have been worse. Could have been Venetian blinds or something or Fontaine. Yeah, exactly. uh, anyway. Yeah. Um, how, how many times did you want to go to football in England and get told by the family you couldn't go? Oh, look, um, <laughs> I uh, did manage to blag my way to Chelsea uh, for one match live, but the rest of it was on TV. I was basically uh, told that uh, we weren't there to watch football, which uh, came as news to me. <laughs> so what Chelsea game did you, did you get to? And, and at the God. end of that 90 minutes, did you feel as if Chelsea need to dip back into the transfer market? And spend more than yeah, a billion well, dollars. Yeah, it's a good it's a good question, Daniel. No, I ended up going to see them say Palace. Uh, what was that between Christmas and New Year? The, the Crystal Palace match at the Bridge, and actually managed to blag our way into the director's box. So I was in some pretty rarefied air with the uh, ownership of uh, Chelsea uh, Football Club. But it's not a happy club, Daniel. Um, the new ownership is certainly taking its toll. It's a grumpy old club. It's won plenty of trophies in the last sort of. 15, 20 years, but uh, at the moment, she's a pretty uh, shambolic club, and uh, it was a win, which I was lucky to see, but uh, they're a hard watch at the moment at Chelsea. They're, they're hardly playing flowing football, and the fans are letting them know. Is it odd going to the UK and actually finding it harder to watch football over there? We, we get more live games here than they do in yeah. the UK, right? It's quite bizarre. Yeah, it is. It's uh, it's not as accessible to the TV viewing audience uh, for sure. It's one of those um, situations where they're blocking out games where there are only certain games televised. The pubs are allowed to show one or two. The FA Cup got a bit of a showing, but yeah, the access sort of free to air or even on pay pay per view is not that easy in the UK. But uh, certainly, there's fans turning out in their in their in their droves. There's plenty of fans. It was a full house at most of the games that I looked at. Um, it was uh, 
wall-to-wall coverage, but uh, live football on TV or radio is uh, harder to come by. Uh, David Choate is with us. He's back in New Zealand. But before we move off the, the United Kingdom, um, let's talk about the EPL because uh, competition leaders Liverpool um, have gone five points clear after a big win today. Four goals to nil at Bournemouth. Bournemouth had been really one of the form sides in the Premier League. I think they won seven, drawn one, maybe lost one of their last nine. They really have turned things around. That, that's quite an impressive result, isn't it? It I, is. I know they put nine past them in, in previous years under Scott Parker, but in the context of, uh, of where Bournemouth's at, to, to go there and get three points is hard enough. Yeah, exactly. It underlines Liverpool as the real threat, I think, to Man City. Um, a week ago, De Bruyne returned, and everyone was talking about that's going to be the catalyst for Man City to run away with the league. But uh, Liverpool have certainly underlined their credentials. All the talk when I was there was when Salah leaves, are they going to be able to score goals? Well, a brace apiece uh, uh, and four goals away at uh, at Bournemouth uh, tells you that they're able to score goals even with Mo Salah away at the uh, AFCON. So, yeah, no. Absolutely uh, contenders they are, Liverpool. And when they flow, they just look so good. Uh, I watched a lot of them when I was away, and they really do look good going forward. And uh, they're going forward and scoring plenty of goals. So uh, Liverpool fans can look forward to a, a long run-in and an exciting run-in, I think, to the end of the Premier League. Yeah. Can they beat Man City, though? Or are you sort of falling in behind a lot of pundits who just think now with Kevin De Bruyne back, um, the cheat code... Uh, with Haaland likely to return uh, back from uh, injury himself, that Man City will just do what they tend to do um, in the second half of the season and go on one of those ridiculous runs and run away with it? Well, it was a remarkable comeback for De Bruyne. I don't know if you saw it, Daniel, but uh, it was sort of 25 minutes off the bench that absolutely changed the game, bringing them from uh, a deficit to a win. Um, And everything he did looked so classy. Uh, The goal he scored was outrageous, and the the assist for uh, the ball in behind for the equalising goal to Bob um, was absolutely sublime. Uh, he, He looks like the kind of player that really makes them tick, so they will no doubt be better for it. But no, I I still think Liverpool are a a big chance and probably that's the end of it. I don't know that Arsenal can stay there. The Villas, they won't stay there, I don't think. Um, I think it'll end up being a two-horse race, Liverpool, Man City, and I think it'll go long and deep. That's the way I view it. As far as the Wellington Phoenix are concerned in the A-League over the last couple of months, have you you kept in contact with them? I'm assuming highlights packages probably aren't easy to come by on Sky Sports in the UK. Yeah, no, um, my son Adam's a, an avid Phoenix fan. He lives in uh, London and he, he tunes and he's got all the all the feeds going. So we, we were able to watch a bit, actually. Um, so it gets a bit of coverage over there. You have, you have to surf all the various channels. But we found we found the football. We're able to get the goal highlights and able to see what was going on. And, uh, yeah, they've remarkably uh, held themselves at the top of the league. And uh, on returning, I've actually bumped into David Ball out our way a couple of times and I've sort of quizzed him about what's going on. He just puts it down to there being a fantastic changing room at the Knicks and a team that's full of um, endeavour and hard work and they'll play for each other and that's clearly coming through in the results. Is that something we fans can be guilty of overlooking? Just something as simple as happiness? Yeah. Um, Well, it's not often talked about, but... uh, even from sort of most people's playing experience, they'd say a happy change room does let, tend to lead to uh, better results. Any team that goes good generally get on well 
off the field as well as on the field. And the work for each other, the work rate, particularly, say, on uh, the weekend, that result against Melbourne where they salvaged a point, um, was all off the back of just a willingness to work. And, uh, and, and that willingness to work is obviously serving them well. I thought it was an intriguing first half, sort of chess match, wasn't it? A cagey affair I described at the top of the program. Uh, but that sending off changed everything. Um, in that second half, were the Phoenix lucky to get away with the draw? Yeah, I suppose you'd say lucky, but I, there, there was probably more endeavour and 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 good defence, good systems, hard work defending from the front. You saw Car- Costa Barbarossa's working his way backwards, uh, Kroyev working his way backwards. Ben Old's got some engine on him and a bit of pace to burn, and he was mowing people down all over the place. It was it was a rear guard action, so I'm not sure you'd say lucky. I think they uh, defended extremely well. They are. Um, a very hard side to break down at the best times. Look, I don't think this was a great performance by the Knicks. Don't don't get me wrong. No. They were second best in the first half. Um, not by a long way, but they were second best and never really got their football going. And the sending off to Tim Payne was uh, sort of, uh, it sealed their fate. They were always going to be on the back foot, but they spent, um, you know, 40 minutes inside their own third and gave up very few chances. Can you tell me of saves that Paulson made? Not many, because he didn't need to, because the Nine players in front of him uh, did a fantastic job. Yeah, the ones he did were fairly regulation from memory. Was it yep. Was it a red? Was it worthy of a straight red? Yeah. Yeah, I think so. And yeah. you see it all the time. Before. It's a poor touch by a player going backwards towards his own goal, and you, and you throw yourself at it, but you know you're just going to clean up anything that's coming. And uh, those challenges are no longer acceptable. There was a game this morning, West Ham, if you get a chance to look at that, there's a sending off in that one. Same scenario for me, yeah, uh, lunging for a ball, going at it recklessly, straight red, no problem. And the penalty at the end, a stonewall penalty from my angle inside the venue, um, and it, I, I was surprised it took so long for the VAR sort of call to come down, but upsteps Alex Roofer, cool, calm, collected. Guy's a goal-scoring machine now, Dave, after, what, going 100-plus games without scoring. Yeah, surprising, isn't it? For a guy who doesn't score goals, uh, he had the presence of mind and just the sort of uh, leadership qualities to say, no, I've got this. Uh, Costa Barbarousas was hovering. Um, he's in fine neck, scoring plenty of goals, but the penalty spot is a different proposition. Uh, nice to see Alex Rufer with the uh, confidence, presence, uh, leadership to take the ball and, uh, and, and stuff it away. Definite penalty. Live, I was unsure, to be honest. I thought, did he get something on the ball? But no, by the replay, and as you say, it took some time. It was a uh, clumsy challenge that uh, was unnecessary, and it cost the uh, victory two points. Uh, We've got, what, nine days to the end of January. My understanding of the A-League season, you can still bring a player in. They've got one import spot. 13 games in the top of the league. Do they need to bolster it? I think the league is there for the taking this year, David. If you're going to gamble, this is the year, isn't it? Yeah, I'd be surprised if they go into the the transfer market. It's just not their models anymore, I don't think. I think they rely heavily on their academy system to bring players through. If you looked at that bench, there's youngsters aplenty, uh, and the young guys who are playing have come through that system. So I'd be surprised if they do. But you're right, the league is there for the taking. Um, And the Wellington Phoenix, for me, would have to improve their ability particularly going forward, I think, uh, to be a real threat of, of winning the whole thing. They certainly can target a top two finish, uh, and that makes a world of difference in A-League football. So if you were 
fancying some silverware uh, and your the ownership of the Wellington Phoenix, something in the attacking third might make it very, very interesting. So we're going to have one of those lines of Oscar Zavada's uh, return to full health is like a new signing. We're going to hear that from the club. Yeah, interesting, eh? Because Zavada was their go-to, and when he went out, you sort of thought, well, what's going to happen? Well, what's happened is other players have stepped up, and the work rate has uh, gone up another another level. Uh, Italiano, the coach, has clearly got uh, the best out of the resources he has. So uh, when Zavada returns, it does change the dynamic. It'll be interesting to see how that plays out. Do you feel they'll stay near the top of the league? I'll, I'll repeat, 13 games, it's a decent sample size here. Yeah, I'm surprised they still have to be to be perfectly frank. Because yeah. you look at the lineup and you go, "Who's the? Where's the creative spark that's going to keep them winning games that perhaps they shouldn't?" What they've got though is a defensive unit, and you'd have to be impressed uh, from goalkeeper through the central defence defence to the fullbacks, uh, how well they have coped with anything that's been thrown at them. So there's not really a side that you'd be scared of. But I just think in that attacking third come. Playoffs time, have they got enough to stay there? Question mark. Mm. And I think when you're away, confirmation, Auckland getting a, a, an A-League side. David, how big is this for New Zealand football? I'd love to get your thoughts on this. Yeah, look, I think it's good news. Um, is there resources in uh, New Zealand to, to cope with two professional leagues, uh, sides in a professional league? That'll be the interesting one. The resources come aplenty with Foley, the manager, uh, sorry, the owner. He will spend plenty of money through uh, through the management layer. He will spend plenty of money on players. There's no lack of money. Um, so they will need to um, dip heavily, particularly early, I think, into signing of players and getting themselves set up. Uh, it creates a local derby in New Zealand, which I think is good. Um, that will be good for football. It'll give a, a chance for Auckland to redeem itself, to be honest, because it's been a graveyard for professional football historically. But that's, you know, that's 20 years ago now. You've got to sort of move on. So they need to get a crowd behind them. They need to take that Auckland sporting and soccer community with them. Uh, that'll be key, I think, to make sure that they are a football club that has uh, some longevity and some success. But they're well-supported. Um Bill Foley is the real deal in terms of ownership. Uh, David Chode is also the John McEnroe of Miramar, uh, Louis Herman White. Very fine serve and volley game. Are uh, you watching lots of the Aussie Open? Yeah, yeah. And, and actually, weirdly, um, when we were overseas, I saw a lot of the the, uh, the ASB classic. It was just sort of timed right to be sort of watching TV, and that was uh, on free to air. So I've seen a lot of tennis lately, so enjoying that immensely. Um, it's and, and the Aussie Open for me... Um, is the best world sport event close to our shores. If you ever get a chance to go, and I have a couple of times, it's a fantastic event, and it just plays at the right time for us. Through tonight, you can stay up late and watch some fantastic tennis. Is there any man on the planet who can stop Novak Djokovic in Melbourne? Like, the guy's ridiculous. Yeah, th- th- there will be, Daniel, but they may not be playing tennis yet. Um, there'll be someone <laughs> born who, who, who will be able to beat him at some stage but is there a man alive playing the game at the moment that can beat Novak Djokovic uh, I'd be surprised uh, that he is um, an absolute machine and um, you know the, if we had that wonderful era the Rafa uh, Federer era um, you've got to go back to probably the Agassiz and sort of and the McEnroe's and the Lendl's to even have players that match these guys um, uh, no Djokovic is uh the goat. Brilliant to hear your voice again, uh, Dave. Uh, is it Pops? Is it Granddad? Popa? What are you going with? Or just Dave? No, no Mr. Choate. I think we'll keep it pretty formal for uh, the young fella at this stage. <laughs> Rafe. Rafe? Did I get that right? 
Yeah, Rafe, R-A-F-E. Never heard of it. Anyway, it's a name. <laughs> it's it out a name. Good yeah, on you, fella. Apparently. Lovely to hear your voice. Yeah. Take it easy. Yeah. David Chuck. Thanks, mate.